You have found the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in college cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Bergeson. My guest today is a sports scientist and professional endurance coach. He has been a professional coach for many years and has coached professional triathlon winners as well as national champion and Olympic cyclists. This Luther College grad who went on to get a master's at Northern Iowa also competes in triathlons and is in the men's professional field at this Sunday's Ironman Des Moines right here in central Iowa. So it's exciting that we have an Iowan coming back. Welcome to the program, Carson Kristen. Hello, Carson. Hi, Lance. Thanks for having me on today. Well, I saw you were in the professional field, men's pro field, and um, wanted to get uh, things kicked off for the certified Piedmontese Ironman Des Moines, which is the North American Championships uh, for Ironman, and thought this is a great way to do it since I, uh, I, I don't know a lot about you. Yeah, no, it's it's great to to get back to Iowa. I've kind of been removed now for about mm. oh eleven years. Yeah, you were telling me that you uh, now live in Taiwan um, full time there, um, and you're uh, well. You're you started a business, Torden Multisport, that you created in 2017, and um, that's how you. Uh, coach all these uh, triathlons uh, triathletes through this business yeah yeah it's been been real great um you know having lived now in europe and now asia i'm getting to experience different races different cultures uh meet new athletes and yeah with my business and coaching nowadays you i can do pretty much everything remotely so anywhere i'm at in the world with a good wi-fi connection uh just enables me to have some pretty good communication, whether in in person or through Skype, you know, social media channels, whatever, uh, with athletes who who may not be located locally. Okay. Um, well, Carson is 33 years old. Um, his his wife is uh, Jamie. They they've been married for uh, a few years now. And uh, how long have you been in ta- Taiwan? And um... uh, this will be starting our second year. We actually. Okay. Uh, moved there at the beginning of 2020, so so kind of during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Did you just get there right before it started, or was it um, right? Uh, it's kind of a long, a long story. We were there for uh, three months initially, uh, or scheduled to be there, but then the pandemic started hitting China, and we didn't want to be living in a in a suitcase um, for for not knowing if we'd be able to travel anymore. So we actually went back to the U.S. for a few months. And then at the time, our residence was actually in Germany. <laughs> and so we, we ended up staying in the, uh, in the U.S. for a few months, went back home to Germany, but then ended up taking uh, my wife as an engineer with the SRAM bicycle company and took this kind of expat position in Taiwan. So we ended up moving from Germany back to the U.S. and then on to Taiwan. So between having flown more flights than probably most human beings did throughout the pandemic to moving three different countries was was quite the experience. So um, what uh, what can you say about Taiwan? Uh, what do you what do you like about it uh, in your short time that you've been there? Um, it's quite a bit different than uh, than Iowa. <laughs> yes, yeah. From from being a a small town Iowa boy from Decora, and then you know my my largest living space of you know Cedar Rapids, Iowa, <laughs> with three hundred thousand people, to moving to uh, a city of two point five million, um, mm. you know, owned by buildings living on top of each other and scooters and cars and all the like it is uh it's definitely been an experience but uh the taiwanese are a super friendly friendly people um and actually the endurance sports community there is extremely um well built in in terms of people doing 
running, cycling, triathlon, and some of the best bike riding I've ever done has been in Taiwan. Um, you just have to get out of the cities to, to experience it. But um, yeah, culturally, of course, it's, it is a little different and I can't exactly hide there being uh, six foot two and um, 178 pounds, <laughs> uh, especially when running or biking outside, but uh, it's, it's definitely been fun. Most everybody there is five foot five then typical Asian uh, height. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. My my wife is, is in the in the averages there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I I assume you you uh, live in a in a in a loft like you know like 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 everybody else there. Um, uh, do you do you get a, do you, you uh, get around then uh, by bike? Is that how you do it? Uh, yeah. So just being self-employed, working from home, I don't have to have travel too, too much. Too much. Um, my, my pool is about a six minute walk away, which is, which is wonderful. Um, and then we do have a, we do have a vehicle that my wife will use for, for work, but no, she enjoys commuting about 35, 40 minutes to work, uh, there and back. Um, wow. You know, the nice thing about Taiwan is in the winter, I think the coldest it's ever been is about 50 degrees. <laughs> so, so it's nice all year round. Don't miss those Decora winters, right? Uh, Absolutely not. So you're back in, you're back in Cedar Rapids visiting family now uh, as we speak and getting, getting ready for um, this week's weekend's events. Uh, how long has it been since you've been back in Iowa? Um, actually the last couple of years, about the only time I've been back is in the dead of winter for the holidays. So, so it's actually kind of a nice relief to come back to, uh, the spring summer weather we have now. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have a little bit of good weather that we've had lately. Um, hasn't always been that way this spring. So, um, and, uh, are you getting, are you finding some, uh, excellent bike roads up there in cedar rapids to get ready for for this weekend's race yeah yeah the training's been going well um i'm i've actually been pleasantly surprised uh, you know in with iowa in general but especially cedar rapids in terms of the bike infrastructure and and being able to ride um here it, it is it has definitely grown a lot since i was in high school college uh, in terms of accessibility and just the number of people I see out uh, doing, you know, doing endurance sport, whether it's on the, the Cedar Valley Nature Trail from here that goes all the way, uh, you know, up towards Waterloo and then all the trail systems around Iowa City. It's just, it's just wonderful to see so many Iowans, you know, picking up, being outdoors. And I think the pandemic, you know, actually helped with that. Yeah. Um, have you, with so many connections in, in triathlon and cycling, have you been able to hook up with some Iowans, do some training, uh, rides or, uh, that's, that's, that's been a little, a little tough. Um, but last night I actually went over to, uh, Solon, Iowa, and there's a local, uh, cycling club out of this area called Crandick and they put on a time trial, a 10 mile time trial. And so last night I went over and did that, um, and saw quite a few faces from, from, uh, days gone by <laughs> that, that it was really great to see. Um, and yeah, so, so that was nice. Who are some of those people? Were they, uh, swimmers or? Uh, uh most, I would say mostly all cyclists and uh, okay. a couple of triathletes. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, a, a, an athlete I do coach from the Des Moines area, he, he does this time trial. And so he was over. So it was nice to see him as well. And uh, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I'm actually going to compete in the Pigman Triathlon this weekend as kind of a rust buster. Um, and so I'm yeah. sure I'll hopefully see some, see some faces there as well. Okay, we're busted here. Uh, as I'm doing this interview, <laughs> we're doing it on Thursday, uh, the week before the Ironman. So that's how you can compete uh, and at the Big Man. So oh, sorry to but sorry that, to burst that no, bubble. <laughs> but that's fine. No, um, I was going to mention that anyway because uh, most people would have known that 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 uh, the date of the training ride if if they would have looked at it from uh, from yesterday that you did. So. Um, 
but yeah, a lot of these interviews I do in advance because of uh, scheduling and that sort of thing. Um, so it's, uh, uh, you've got a lot, got a big history here that I need to catch up with. Um, went to Cedar Rapids, Washington, uh, tried to look you up as far as cross country and track and field, but no, you were a swimmer there at Wash. Um, um, and that kind of uh, took you into Luther. Um, what was kind of your uh, best events there in swimming when you were in high school? Swimming, yeah, I was, I, I would, you know, first to say I was probably a late developer uh, physically. Um, I didn't, I think between my junior and senior year at Cedar Rapids, Washington, I think I grew like, geez, probably three inches, four inches. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, I was never really standout swimmer. I, I mean, I made, I made varsity my, my last two years. Um, they're mostly doing the distance freestyle, 200 and 500 yards, a uh, little bit of backstroke. And then once I got to Luther also kind of just continued along the distance journey between 500, 1000 and, and the miles, 1650 mm-hmm. yards. But I also ended up becoming uh, an IMer on the squad. So I would do the 200 and 400 yard IMs as well. Yeah, um, right. And so yeah. The multi event swim. So uh, that kind of naturally led you over to triathlon. At some <laughs> point. Um, yeah, I could never, I could never get out of just doing the longest and, and most grueling events. <laughs> I always liked freestyle. That was, uh, you know, everything else was difficult for me when I was uh, uh, doing triathlons way, 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 way many years ago. Um, so that was that was the only one that I could do proficiently. So, um, so uh, Luther, um, did you have a lot of success there? Um, oh, I swam. I, I made all conference in in both the four hundred IM and uh, mile while while I was there. Um, okay. Yeah, no, it was it was a good time. D three swimming is is just an amazing. Uh, I think an amazing thing to do. And you see that nowadays where the, the sport or the, the divisions can still be extremely fast. When you look at national times like D three versus D one, even the, the qualifying times and things at the very top are so actually remarkably close. Um, but it's just that aspect that you're, you know, you're there to get an education and, and it's less of a job while, while you're there. And so just being with the team and, uh, some of the closest relationships I ever developed. And it's, it's probably just because, you know, you're there to have fun and um, develop yourself as an athlete, but also as a student in person. And you studied biology and exercise science. Um, uh, they have a good program for that. Um, so you were kind of looking at, um, at going into uh, that sort of uh, field as far as maybe potentially coaching uh, even, even then. Uh, yes. When I, when I first started, I was kind of full, full blown into the pre-med, you know, going into medicine. Um, but over the, over the couple of years, I kind of decided that an extra eight, 12 years of school was not, (laughs) was not what I wanted to do anymore. Um, and yeah, just kind of always having that love for sports and especially getting into the endurance sports, starting to run and things like that. And, just dealing with, with human physiology, I, I decided that's what I wanted to do and uh, took that pathway instead. Before I go forward, I kind of want to go back to your high school uh, days. Uh, were you all-state uh, swimmer? Um, uh, no, I actually, I, I made the state team senior year. Um, okay. But yeah, like I said, kind of a late bloomer. And I'll, I'll never shy away from saying that my my physical gifts are probably nowhere near uh, what a lot of, you know, athletes have. Um, and I like to chalk that up as I tell my, my amateur athletes, you know, physical numbers and gifts are, are one thing, but you have to work hard. And, and so I, yeah, I, I would say I was never, never a standout in, in any sports, but maybe that's what makes me a somewhat, decent and how I refer to myself as a minor league pro triathlete is I had three of them, but not, not good at just 
at one. It sounds like our careers are a lot similar as far as getting us started, because like you, I was a late bloomer as well. Um, it's interesting on Twitter, you, you, you call yourself a minor league pro triathlete. So uh, I kind of like, like how you, how you phrase that you, you uh, come in with not as much expectations as maybe someone like Matt Hansen, who's going to be uh, wearing the number one bib for, for uh, Sunday's race in Des Moines. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I've never met Matt, but, uh, with him and then also another local guy there in Des Moines, Tyson, um, Wheeland, uh, who I've, who I've also never met probably just, you know, having not raced much in America, but then also having been away from Iowa. So I'm really excited to meet a couple other Iowa guys, even though Matt has, has since moved to, to Colorado, but, um, no, I've always followed his career, uh, being a being a D three upper Iowa or Iowa conference <laughs> professor uh, for for a long time there during Vista, right? And he competed for the Beavers too. Yeah, yeah. The wrestling, you know, that's interesting. Yes, right. Classic. Yep, Iowa, Iowa, Minnesota. <laughs> Which you got to have a little bit of a tenacity to do Ironmans wins. This is like three years since you've done an Ironman, correct? I mean, this is... Uh, yeah, my last challenge was in uh, Germany. Uh, and yeah, just with the moving, I broke a collarbone one last spring. Um, and yeah, just just never, the stars never aligned with Taiwan's also their fairly strict quarantine policy for, for covid um just made leaving really hard so um yeah that's that's also taking some of that pressure off having the the highest uh start number on the on the bib list which i'm not sure how exactly they're they're pulling those but yeah i i can go nowhere but upwards <laughs> on, on right. the day. you're number 20 on the list uh, by the way for people who are interested in that um tyson is number 17 and as i said uh, matt hansen's number one those are your Iowa connections in this men's pro event. Um, can you even estimate when's the last time you competed in a race in Iowa? Do you even know? Oh, I would say the last races I did was was probably cycling only um, when I was when I was in that phase of my career. Uh, I, I raced the the pro one two category here through. 2011. Um, so whether it was the Memorial Day weekend races in the Quad Cities um, or something like that, that was probably the last time I, I did did some local Iowa races. It looks like from your bio that maybe cycling is, is probably your best of, uh, of the three legs now, the, the one that you've become most proficient at. Is that fairly accurate? Oh, I, I, would, like to, I would like to think so. Um, yeah. Again, when you when you look at the, how the sport of triathlon has evolved, um, it's it's definitely hurts the the swim biker anymore. Um, I think even across the long distance, with so many short course athletes coming up who are you know running those seventy minutes off the bike, and then once they slowly progress into uh, Ironman, you know now they're running. There's so many guys running sub two forty fives off the bike, and so the whole sport itself is just getting extremely, extremely fast. But yeah, I would like to say I, I can hopefully come out of the water with, with the lead group, whether that's a couple guys or or the like the second pack of, of the majority of faster swimmers, and then, um, yeah, hopefully be able to get into a good group and and be able to, to to cycle well. Do you have sort of a time goal or, or, or is it more it's, like just get in with with guys and kind of move up from, like you said, from, from 20th, try to. Pick yeah, I think, I think more so just for this one, just getting back into the rhythm of, of pro racing. Um, like I said, I've never done a pro race in, in the United States and the racing is definitely a little different here um, compared to Europe. I would say in, just in terms of, more the the swim bike segments in in europe obviously 
many pros are, are really good swimmers. There's no, there's no shortage of that, but you know, everybody knows of the German long distance uh, triathletes and the bike power in Europe, I would say is much higher than it is in the U S save a, you know, a couple riders like Anna and Andrew Starkowitz, things like that. But um, yeah, I, I would say the, just to experience some of the Iowa racing and hopefully get into a good group, no real time goal. Um, yeah. I would just like to have a, a good solid day at home, um, pay respects to, to the course in Des Moines and, uh, and hopefully show uh, a supporter in, in TJ Tollickson and diamond bicycles um, uh, a good day on the, on the bike. Oh, you're going to be riding his bike. Yes. I've, I've ridden a diamond ever since I, I got into the sport. Okay. Yeah. Well, we lost DJ a year ago, uh, right at this yep. race. That's when he basically <laughs> correct. Said, I'm, I'm finished. So, uh, uh, but you're not. So it's it's great to have you have you competing. Um, sounds like you feel like you could uh, do some damage here on the bike. That you could um, uh, show some guys uh, how to excel in that leg. That would, that would be that'd be great. I can't I can't, definitely can't blame the equipment if something isn't isn't right on the day. <laughs> the bike the bike is extremely fast. So yeah, yeah. I, I hope to utilize both of those and and uh, not having um, a lot of a lot of hills. Like I said, being a being a heavier a heavier athlete, you know, coming from swim background, I, I definitely tower over um, a lot of guys. And so and the, the punchiness of Iowa hills and compared to to europe where a lot of the times the races they they will find the hills and go through them rather than uh or up and over them rather than trying to find a motor carriage way you know like so many american uh races have to do with like texas or or those those courses that are out and back on freeways um and so it, it'll be great to to finally experience a race that is that hopefully suits suits my riding style so you're looking forward to the hills going out to you guys are going out to winter set uh, clear out there. <laughs> so yeah, one loop bike, one loop uh, bike is, is going to be interesting for sure for, for yeah. perspective. I love it. I think it's great that uh, it's not as great for spectators, of course, but but you are getting away from Des Moines. And you're uh, you know avoiding traffic problems, you know, because we are a big you know community now, and uh, so yeah. For me, it's good that that they are moving you out there, so that um, and um, like you said, um, it, it'll weed out the strong from the weak um, going out on those hills. And like you said, if there's a lot of wind, uh, which we've had, it could be tough for some guys. Yep there there will be not no many places to hide, and I think that's always that's always what people find out when they come to to Iowa. You know, everybody drives across I-80 or, you know, I-35 up and down. And <laughs> everybody notices that it's pretty flat, but you don't notice that it's constantly undulating, um, especially in the in the Des Moines area uh, or northeast Iowa up in the in the hills of uh, the Mississippi River Valley. And it's and then add in the wind. And I think, yeah, people come here and they're just like, wow, that is that is not an easy an easy ride for other reasons than I thought. Those were always my toughest days on Ragbri um, in Northeast Iowa, <laughs> no doubt about it. It's a lot of hills over there uh, in your neck of the woods. So you grew up in Decorah then. Um, yep, yep. Small town Norwegian, Norwegian boy family <laughs> yep. through and through. Um, and really always nice to get back there um, and and get up to ride and and over in that area in the northeast Iowa the the with the explosion of gravel racing um in in the sport of cycling um I would like to say Iowans and especially in northeast Iowa there we've been riding in gravel since like the early 2000s <laughs> and, and so yeah some of the riding up there off the off of the pavement is is some of the best in the world I I think so uh, when this all came about um, and you saw that there was a full Ironman coming to Des Moines, is that, did that really pique your interest? Or are you like, you know, this is kind of uh, my chance here to come back to Iowa and race. Um, uh, is that kind of what you got, got, got you interested? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was 
again, very interested last year to come and do the 70.3. But then unfortunately broke my collarbone racing an Xterra triathlon in Taiwan in in March. Um, And so that was kind of off the table. So once the the full was given this year, I knew knew I had to come back and um, get out of the Taiwanese summer. (laughs) It was, was an easy, easy choice. Now the Xterra is off-road. Uh, do you find yourself doing more of that uh, kind of uh, uh, off-road uh, racing? Uh, I do really, I do really enjoy it. I, I never really mountain biked when I picked up cycling uh, when I was when I was younger, but it's it's definitely a very um, a, a fun way to break up the monotony of of Ironman training and and long distance stuff um, and. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I was actually leading the race by five minutes, um, with about with about a half a mile to go to the to the second transition, and just kind of lapsed judgment. My front wheel went into a hole, and I went over the bars, and sure wow. <laughs> sure enough, uh, fractured my uh, my collarbone. So um, that was that was difficult to to stomach, but. Um, you know, you have to just have to learn from those. And I actually did it this year uh, again. Um, but for the second year in, uh, in succession, something happened. I got a flat tire while leading the bike. <laughs> and, and had, uh, I actually ended up running back about two miles and getting a, a, a spare wheel. Continued to finish the race just because I wanted to, to get that monkey off my back. Uh, and could still put in a, a decent day coming in. I think I was 12th overall with about an hour of, of stoppage time in there. So, um, yeah. What's the biggest uh, Xterra race that you've done then as far as have you done like the world championships for that? have never gotten to do worlds. Uh, I've, I've done um, Xterra Poland in, in Europe and uh, another one in Germany and then now in Taiwan definitely something I want to pursue, uh, perhaps, um, this year, uh, if I can do another one and, uh, or even I know Beaver Creek is the U S championships in July. Maybe I would, I would stay around and, uh, try to do that, but, um, yeah, well, we'll see. We got to get through Des Moines first. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, so, uh, how did, how is your, your triathlon coach. So now you're coaching yourself here, or are you, or, or have you, uh, have you uh, gotten a plan from somebody else? Or are you uh, making your own plan here for this? Uh, yeah, I pretty much uh, working myself. Uh, luckily to uh, over the last six years, um, one of the, the mentors that I've been able to work closely with is Sutton um, who, uh, coaches you know he's and world championships chrissy wellington nicholas berig um and so just being able to have had his kind of mentorship for coaching uh has, has really paid off in, in both my coaching but athletic roles um but day-to-day operations i, I usually run my own plan okay are they kind of the big uh, big names that you've coached uh, spirig and wellington or is that kind uh of- I, I haven't coached them. That was uh, my mentor, Brett. Oh, um, right. okay. um, yeah, but uh, who, who's who are some of the people that you've coached that maybe? Yeah, so my coach. company, most of my athletes as of right now are are all amateurs. Um, I do, uh, yeah, age groupers. Um, in cycling, I have I worked for a year with the now Israel Startup Nation World Tour team. And uh, coached, you know, a few of their teams or guys when they were uh, continental pro level. Um, and during that year, I was able to work with Dan Craven, who's from Namibia. And uh, he actually qualified to, to race the Rio Olympic Games. Um, and so that was, that was always, uh, always fun to do. And then when I transitioned into triathlon, I worked with... I guess you would call them what we say in the, in the uh, triathlon world, like second, third tier pros, you know, like kind of, like I say, minor league pros. <laughs> um, but uh, my, my number one Good athlete winner. that I've, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Never to take anything away from an athlete. Um, you had zero wins. Uh, 
under your belt. Uh, yeah. Athlete that you've coached. And my, my number one athlete is probably Alan Hovda from Norway, um, okay. who has won the Norseman uh, Extreme Triathlon there. Um, uh, I think, what is it? Three times. Three times now. Um, and fastest Ironman uh, in Norway. Um, and again, he's again kind of the pandemic and having a national child kind of been a little bit more reserved the last couple of years. But we're we're looking forward to getting back on the start line here in a couple of weeks in Germany. Yeah, going off a little bit on a tangent here, but the Scandinavian um, athletes in triathlon have really uh, in improved over the years so much that they're you know medal contenders and in olympics and that sort of thing so that's been a real change that um that that this sport has really come to those uh, countries like norway yes and 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 uh yeah the norwegians the danish have always been very strong in triathlon but i think they have some some young guys coming back through that are that are absolutely gonna to cause some heads to spin as well um, often very good cyclists. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Um, so you, um, you left, uh, Northern Iowa after you got your master's, went out to Boulder, Colorado, uh, joined a company. I thought, think you saw, you called it fast cat. Is that what you call it? Yes. Yep. Fast cat without a T. <laughs> it's oh. kind of, yeah. Cycling, kind of a cycling, uh, specific company or was back then um yeah luckily kind of applied and inquired right as i was in graduate school and uh the boss and and my first mentor frank oberton um yeah i flew out there and he offered me a grad school which which was pretty amazing and you know especially in today's world um you know yeah that's that's really really good so i lived out in boulder for for five years, I uh, did mostly the cycling thing, but I was out there, um, got got into triathlon and could could kind of train alongside. I met Cameron Dye, who was actually one of the U.S.'s one of the U.S.'s best non-draft athletes, and also swam for the University of Iowa. Sure, he did. Yeah, uh, know Cam pretty well from uh, the many times he raced in Iowa. So he always had a big following. Um, before he retired. Um, yes. So you were yeah. there, you were there with that company a few years ago. And then, like we said, you started your own uh, business toward in multi-sports in 2017. Um, a little bit of a leap of faith or did it feel like it was pretty comfortable for you doing that? Definitely a leap of faith. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much a guy who likes, you know, things set in stone and a, and a clear map and pathway. Um, but, you know, luckily in Boulder, I met a wonderful lady and um, she's being an engineer, also very calculated, but also this the person that keeps keeps things rolling in life. And um, she was my number one and still is my number one. And um, she said, you know, you should do this. Why not? You know, everything, everything will work out. And sure enough, I mean, it's it was pretty seamless. And um, yeah. It's it's definitely been been a journey, but uh, really enjoyed it. Well, it helps when your when your wife is a successful engineer, like like, like you said. Yes, um, that that works as well. <laughs> is she a is she a native Coloradan? Then that- uh, she's she's from the western suburbs of Chicago. Oh, okay. So yeah. she was just out there. Was she kind of the same similar path as you out there? Um, uh, yeah, she she went to undergraduate at uh, the University of Illinois, and then uh, got her master's from from CU Boulder. Okay, it's kind of a, uh, a similar field, or or was it? Uh, yeah, she was a material science engineer undergrad, and then got a mechanical engineer uh, graduate degree. Okay, is she kind of into triathlons as well or is uh, not triathlon she she does not like to swim or run <laughs> but she kind of she kind of pulls the same the same endurance like though she loves to sit on her bike for um, a godly amount of time um for a few years that journey she uh, ultra um 
and she's actually uh, she she's entered three races, the ultra races in her career, and she won all three. Um, she hmm. she won a twenty four hour race ring in Germany, the auto track. Yeah, um, and Famous. and then yeah, world famous and. Uh, if you're not in a car <laughs> uh, but then also she is still the the, the fastest woman uh, for a race across north to south the country of germany mm, okay so yeah she but uh that that wears on you and, and then trying to develop yourself as a as an engineer in your in your <laughs> in your field of, of employment, you know, it's a lot of time you can't spend on your bike. So she's pseudo retired from that, but still just loves going out and uh, and riding her bike. How did you meet then? Where you just kind of uh, did you meet at a race? Did you meet at a, a group ride? How did how did this all come? Oh, all, all kind of Midwest orientated. Uh, she she got into cycling when she was uh, in Boulder and was a member of the CU Boulder uh, cycling club. Um, and they were, uh, helping to put on the national championship cyclocross race in, uh, in Boulder, uh, back there in like 2014. Um, and she was in charge of the volunteers for, uh, for that day. And so with my company out there, fast cat, we set up a by 10 tents and I was struggling to put it up by myself at like 6 AM and she came over and <laughs> like helped me put it on and or put it up and um all of a sudden i turn around and i say thank you but i see a spotted cow sweatshirt which if anybody in the midwest knows spotted cow is a beer from wisconsin new glaris that you can only get in wisconsin um and so i inquired i was like oh wow are you from wisconsin because that happens to be like one of my favorite beers um and yeah long story short it just ended up progressing into some chatting and uh, yeah here we are today happily married it always pays to wear your midwest slash iowa gear wherever you yeah. are at because it does Iowans <laughs> are everywhere we are everywhere i always bump into somebody that i know seems like every time i go on vacation or something or i travel anywhere so yes it does it does help um so you went from Boulder eventually to Germany. Uh, when did that happen? And uh, kind of, uh, I think you kind of started into that, but uh, maybe go into a little more detail about how you ended up and uh, ended up there. Yeah, I was. Uh, so my wife uh, applied to a couple companies: Trek Bicycles, SRAM Bicycles, um, and they they invited her in for an interview with SRAM and offered her three different positions uh, one in California um one in I, th I think was it Colorado Springs and then one in Germany and she just so happens to have a minor in German uh from in in university and one of her best friends since like elementary school whose family moved to Chicago's dad worked for Siemens et cetera et cetera stayed stayed uh, best friends and so she can speak pretty fluent German and so she she asked me and again this is one of those she's she's very calculated and things but she likes to be spontaneous and we both hit the enter button on the email together and uh yeah mm -hmm. she accepted a position in in germany and then five years later we were we ended up moving away from germany so um yeah, that was that was actually my first stamp in a passport. Was my move to Germany? Was your move to okay? It's first time out of U.S. Uh, yeah. Besides yeah. the obvious that you loved the German beer, what else did you what else did you love about uh, about being there? Yeah, just the when you realize how close everything is over in Europe. Um, you know, from from Cedar Rapids to. Denver is like a two hour flight, two hour, 15 flight. And then in Germany, you can fly two hours and 15 and, you know, reach 15 different countries. Uh, yeah. And which is great. Or also, you know, through train travel um, for, for a weekend. Right. The, it's definitely true that the, that their road qual road quality is pretty solid. Um, I mean, especially on the interstate system, but uh, so like riding a bike is, is pretty nice there. The, and just the, the general output of life of being healthy and, um, and active, uh, definitely put it into perspective. 
why, why the Europeans, you know, like endurance sports so much. Um, and, uh, yeah, so definitely was, was a fun experience. And you're fairly fluent. Uh, I understand in German too. Uh, I, I was, uh, yeah, because she, she wasn't on an expat assignment at that point. We were, she was actually a German employee. Um, it was for me as a spouse to, uh, to, to take German classes. And mm. so I, uh, I got to, I would say it was their um, B1 level uh, German uh, or B2 level German, which is like working, working German. Um, most of my class were all refugees from the Middle East um, or of like, you know, Russian, like Eastern European um, immigrants and and uh yeah no it was it was good i i actually went to school for about four hours every day monday through friday for about four months so it was like a collegiate semester every month oh my goodness um but it worked it paid off and yeah i uh got to to a point where yeah i could probably find a job there and and uh you know be a working <laughs> working german resident but you, but you were still coaching at that point, right? Yes, and so I was still coaching as well, which I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guessing most of the other people in the class they didn't have anything else to do <laughs> during during the day at that point, um, other than maybe taking care of family members or something. But uh, no, it was it was a hectic few months, but it it paid off. Yeah, and uh, do you have any? Um... German athletes that you coach? Um, that yeah, actually, I, I still maintain probably 75% of my, my training squad is, is from Europe, um, mm. heavily located in Switzerland and, uh, and Germany. Nice. Okay. So that, that tie worked pretty well for you as well. Um, and then, like we said, uh, you eventually made it to Taiwan um, and you enjoy the weather there um, and um, enjoy race. You do a lot of racing uh, in Taiwan. I noticed you've got entered several races there. Um, yeah, that was uh, just the nice year point of, of the, uh, the pandemic was with, like I said, with Taiwan's border controls, life was fairly normal there um, in, in the country. And so racing still happened and, uh, yeah, I've been able to to race quite a bit, um, and ever since my my collarbone injury to come back, I I could uh, won an Olympic distance triathlon there in December, and uh, like I said, I was able to finish uh, the the Xterra in March here, and then I just did the challenge middle distance race in April, and um, April in Taiwan already got really hot, and I succumbed to the heat <laughs> a little bit on the run. Um, but still made it to the finish line and um, second place there. And um, yeah, it was just, uh, it's been a good progression to at least get back to some racing here before, before coming over to Des Moines. I don't want to go too political on you here, but uh, obviously there's a lot of uh, friction here between China and U.S. over Taiwan. Um, it's, it's an interesting time over there. Um, you know, with, with China's influence. Um, you have any opinion on that? Any thoughts on? Um, on yeah, that? it's, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess if you go about your normal day to day in Taiwan, nobody bats an eye. Um, yeah. You know, it's been doing this for 50 years or 55 mm -hmm. years, whatever, you know, the Chinese send a, a couple airplanes into their air defense zone. Um, and it's just, it so happens. I get a message from my family on the days where CNN or Reuters or US media all let themselves to see that, that uh, Chinese warplanes entered the defense zone. Um, you know, is it is it closer to a conflict than it maybe ever has? I mean, perhaps, but at the end of the day, like I said, I, I think it's, it's more just like finger pointing and, um, and, and things like that. Like I said, it's more political than I think, you know, viable threats. Um, even though, even though you do, you do see military drills and things happening and, you know, in Taichung, there's an air base and you will see air jets flying every day. 
um, whether they're going to meet those Chinese planes or whether they're just training. Um, so the readiness level, I think, is always there. But at the end of the day, I think there's a little bit of, um, you know, overblown media attention <laughs> from, from <Yeah>. Western media. <laughs> well, let's let's hope. Let us, let us hope that's the case. As I'm recording this, I'm seeing on the news headlines that China is demanding U.S. Uh, stops uh, trade talks with Taiwan. So, um, so they're definitely putting their foot down on that. I do. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they always do. But yeah, yeah. Um, and you've been kind of open on social media as far as um, saying how you know the conflict with China and Taiwan is is even less than what we have even in our own country here in the U.S. where you think we're even more divided than than uh, other other places are. So. Yeah, to to a certain extent, I mean, it's it's unfortunate to live outside the U.S. and kind of see what's what's happening politically. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it happens everywhere. I guess there's political strife, but um, yeah, I would I would definitely like to see see things simmer down even more here locally. I mean, it's it was tough to see families destroyed by politics, unfortunately circle back to what this podcast is all about and that is uh you and this iron man coming up um got to be excited i'm i'm assuming you're gonna have a lot of uh, family and friends there uh watching you on sunday yeah should be uh should be a good group uh i'm not sure if they're gonna if they're gonna or if i told them that they need to be at the start for 5 30 a.m which is which is unbelievable i yeah. i saw that start time and that is yeah. That is about an hour earlier than I've ever started a <laughs> race. Um, but hey, if it gets me to the finish line an hour before the hottest part of the day, um, that's uh, that's good. So yeah, they'll be out and about. And I've already heard some other people I know from the area that'll be out. out and um, and unfortunately, my wife, is she's still in Taiwan uh, because of that thing called work for, for another month. Um, but she can watch it live streamed on the on the internet which is very cool that iron man is having this race being live streamed um and hopefully can can show my face across the <laughs> screen at least a couple times um so i well i think about 11 o'clock on sunday i think you're gonna be uh <laughs> you're gonna be thankful that they did start it <laughs> that early at 5 30 so yeah, if it's uh, if if the, if the weather is indeed warm like it is in June, so I think you'll be happy that you'll be uh, a little earlier than normal. Yep, that's I I will never never complain about that once you're up and moving. Yes, and like like we mentioned, it's a pretty cool course, um, the cycling course. You you swim in Gray's Lake. Um, that's an excellent. Uh, place to have that venue and then you're going to do a lot of running around um around Des Moines you got three loops which is going to create a little bit of chaos I imagine but um nothing that you haven't seen I'm sure oh no that'll be that'll be fun and and to circle back I did do high v one year um while I was out in Boulder I think in like 20 2013 or something I, I did came back into the high v try so um yeah definitely on Grays Lake and uh that run course, I think it'll be really fun for start, for the athletes, spectators, and being three loops. Um, yeah, should should be a, a nice nice part. Well, without uh, without that, that high V um, backing of that race uh, back in two thousand seven two thousand eight, you know this race might not happen. But it really started a triathlon explosion here in Central Iowa had to have been the real impetus behind getting this all going. Um, you know, it was a huge, big money race, the most uh, richest purse in triathlon for a while there. Got things going here in Iowa, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. And um, I think this is like the 30, 33rd year for the Pigman Sprint over here near Cedar Rapids. Um, right. So, you know, it's great to see some of those races. And unfortunately, High V had to, had to go away. Um, but the Des Moines area has always just been so, you know, endurance focused, whether it's cycling or Drake relays and running, um, that it's, it's great to see that it, that it could come back. And, um, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. With the, uh, and the, the local programs in Des Moines there, uh, when I was at UNI, I actually did get started a little bit with, um, the Z3 junior program. Okay. Um, and I, I did a little bit of, uh, work actually some of their juniors helped me with my master's uh, thesis um but it's you know it's just great to see that those kind of things have have slowly progressed and and hopefully now um iron man and, and just the sport in general can can kind of take off and come back yeah and um well yeah like you said um this has been a great community for endurance athletes um it's you know, created um, a lot of momentum for this event. Um, people like TJ Tollickson getting behind it. Um, it's helped. And uh, hopefully we can keep this event here uh, going for several years. And it doesn't fall away like hy did. Um, because we, uh, you know, for a while there, we, you know, we were kind of lacking, a, you know, a big triathlon event. So it was, it was great when Ironman uh, committed here and, and the community got behind it. Yeah, and I think I think in general, even even if it's not a necessarily a big money race, but if the the ITU circuit could could come back with a World Cup or something in Iowa, you know, again, I think Des Moines is just a a great location for that. You know, they've already done it, and you know, some some good abilities to to make things very uh, fan friendly with with Gray's Lake or even out of Raccoon River, and then the and then the bike coming downtown, run coming downtown. Um, just a, just a great trail network and, and, um, it's, it's not too big where I think, yeah, the city has to totally shut down for it, but you can, you can still utilize it to, to, uh, really make a name for the sport. Yeah. One of the big problems is we got, uh, we got events going on every weekend in, in, in Des Moines. So it's, uh, it's hard to get all those permits, uh, from the city. It's, uh, it's, it's a happening place. There's always something every weekend. Right. So. Yeah, and that's what uh, triathlon's got to fight. So, well, Carson, I, it's been uh, fun talking to you, getting to meet you for the first time, and um, wish you the best of luck in this uh, Ironman. Um, are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? <laughs> yeah, still, still a couple workouts here to go, but um, yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be ready, and yeah, I hope to to see all kinds of islands out there and and uh show show everybody who came in whether the pros or the amateurs you know just just what iowa nice is and uh and show them all a good day <laughs>